Father, that your love and your grace and your mercy would overtake us. A fervent prayer this morning, Father, is for those families, those people that are impacted, Father, in these shootings. We thank you, Father God, that your love, your peace will find them. Father, that you will heal them, you will restore them, you will lift them up in this time of tragedy. Father, our fervent prayer is also that we, as a people, would, Father God, walk away from the things of the world and seek you. Seek your love. Seek your grace. Seek your mercy. Father, our solution is not in the things of man, but our solution is in the hands of the Almighty God. We give you glory and honor, Father God, this morning that you're already moving. And we give you glory, Father God, your Holy Spirit is ministering to those who need it. And we pray all of this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may have a seat. As many of you can tell, although I'm good-looking, I'm not as good-looking as Pastor Ken. I am not him. But God has given me a message for you today, and it's really pretty straightforward. It's like salvation. You choose it or you don't. Okay? How many of you ever heard the scripture about running the good race? We're called to run that race each and every day. Well, like in many things in life, the more we know about it, the more we understand it, the more we are identified with the process, the more chance of success that we have. I'll give you an analogy. Let's say that the O'Neills wanted to remodel a bathroom in their house. Okay? There are steps that you take to remodel a bathroom in your house, right? You don't do the last things first and expect it to work. There's a process. Guess what? In our daily race for Christ, there is a process. The more we know, the greater success, the greater chance of us accomplishing what we need to do can happen. All right? So if you've got your Bibles, everybody has a Bible, right? A phone? Yeah, an app. Yeah, it's no longer King James, it's app. All right. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're starting in verse 1. Now, what God has shown me about this race is, did you really know that your race of faith actually has three different phases? One builds upon the other. So as you run this race, what you're going to find out is you're going to be in one place or another. And as you run that race, you're trying to move towards the ultimate goal of that third phase. 
and we'll get there and explain it. But, phase one. Guess what phase one is? Phase one is salvation. Guess what? You're not going to run the race of faith unless you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen? John 3.16. I didn't have you put that up there, Doug. That's fine. We all know it. What does it say? It's the promise of salvation. If we have enough faith, and sometimes that's just a little bit of faith, to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have entered into the family of God. When we enter into the family of God, we now begin the race. Phase two, we're making that transition. Phase two is also very personal. I want you to keep that in mind. It's very personal. Because you came out of a set of circumstances. You came out of trials and tribulations. You came out of a family history or a set of whatever that's personal to you. Okay? On the flip side, what you gain in the kingdom will be your personal testimony of how God carried you through that. How God delivered you through trials and tribulations. How God was there to see you through it. The scripture says that we overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's why phase two is personal because we need to build our personal testimony about who God is in our lives. Most unsaved people aren't going to care about what the scriptures say, but they may listen to someone who's been and through something that they're going through. A testimony is powerful, and we don't use it enough. 12, 1, and 2. Therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, burden, weight. Put your own term in there. And the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's the race of faith. Phase two is a race of faith. You're now a believer in Jesus Christ, and now you've got to run the race. Well, good luck. This is a tough deal. But God makes provision for all of this. Does he not? Amen. All right. <clears throat> a couple things in this verse I want to share with you. Surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses... We read over things like that and we say to ourselves, what does that really mean? How many of you in here are a born-again Christian because somebody spent time on their knees praying for you? Cloud of witnesses. 
powerful. People you know, your family, your church, people you work with. They prayed for you, and now you're here. And the second part that I want to show you is is that in this scripture it talks about lay aside every weight, every burden, and the sin that ensnares us. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote most of the New Testament, made a statement that people have a hard time grasping. He said, the very thing that I do not want to do, I do. Even Paul, a great man of faith, anointed by God, had to run the race of faith. He had issues. Okay? So this verse lays out the fact that phase two is our race of faith, our personal race of faith. And why do we run that race? We run that race to make the transformation from the world to the kingdom. We're supposed to now have a new set of values. We no longer believe the way the world believes. We no longer trust in the world. We trust in God. We believe the word. We don't believe what we see, hear, feel, and touch. That transformation causes us some problems. How many of us have found ourselves that when we get into a tight spot, we revert back to what we know? Huh? If you handled it before, I'm going to handle it again. I really don't need you. Well, guess what? You just failed today. We all fail, though. The race of faith is a tough, tough chore for each and every one of us. I want to go to Galatians 5. Because if we're to understand how this race is going to be run then we need some insight as to what God has for us. Now in Galatians 5, let's start in verse 7. I'm not going to be talented enough to find it all in my Bible, so I'm going to look up there. So I hope, Doug, you got it. You lost it, huh? Well, I guess I better go look. And look at that, I turned right to it. Galatians 5, 7. For you were running well. This is Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. But it's also Paul's letter to us about running our race of faith. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. Now, the reason I go to that verse is, here's a church and people that were doing really well. They were running the race of faith. Something popped up. Something came into their lives. Something supplanted what was the Word of God 
And now we had the world creeping back into their relationship. When that happens in your race of faith, there is a loss. Can we all understand that? When your race is hindered, what takes place is your relationship with God is hindered. And if it's hindered long enough, guess what happens? We lose the anointing. We lose the blessings. Okay? We all have those days and those times when we're really, really taxed, but they should be momentary. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk by the Spirit. And it will carry you out of the desire of the flesh. What Paul is telling them is something's gone wrong in your race. And most generally, what goes wrong in our race is we put the things of the world in front and we quit walking in the Spirit of God. Paul's telling them and reminding them walk in the Spirit. And you will overcome the things of the flesh. Good advice for us every day. How many of us with a show of hands have ever had a day where we walked in the flesh? If you didn't raise your hand, you're lying. Shame on you. Just kidding. Now in Galatians 19 through 21, continuing on in this chapter... So what are the works of the flesh? What does the flesh look like? Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, dispute, dissension, factions, envying, drunkenness. You want to know whether you're walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh? Do you see any of those show up in your daily walk? And the answer would probably be yes. That's why it is a race of faith. That's why Paul called it a race of endurance, because you've got to do it every day. Now, what does God, Jesus tell us? Grace and mercy is new to us every day. His provision is new to us and there every day. We should be looking at this race on a day-by-day basis so that what we can do is have the faith to make it through today the way God wants us to make it. And not worry so much about three weeks from now, because now guess where you are. You're in that anxiety and worry and fear, and that's not, that's not the Spirit of God. Amen? But just like God, God then gives us a provision. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We're supposed to walk in the Spirit. Well, what does the Spirit look like? 
Well, my Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. We're to operate in these fruits of the Spirit if we are God's people. Now, for us to operate in these fruits of the Spirit, you remember what Jesus said? Jesus said in Matthew seven sixteen, You will know them by their fruit. You can talk all day long. But what are you doing? How are you living? Do you speak words of life or do you speak words that are... The fruit that he's talking about is in Galatians. That love, joy, peace, patience. Are those things evident in your life? If they are, then you are moving towards the goal of becoming a disciple of Christ. How many of you know in Christ's ministry, there were a lot of people that followed him? Some followed him way back, right? I kind of like what he says, but I don't think I can do half of what he's asking me to do. So I'm real comfortable being back here. Then there were others that were a little closer, right? Right? They got a little bit more of the anointing. But when times got tough, oftentimes they fell back, right? Then there were the disciples. The ones that were right there with him. The ones that went through the things with him. The ones that got everything that he said. And they struggled to understand it all, but they were there. We're called to be moving ourselves in our race of faith from a new Christian to a disciple. Does anybody know what the meaning of a disciple is? A devotee, a learner, someone who trusts and obeys in a teacher. That should sum up what we do with Christ, right? In God's word. Now, as we move from that walk of faith, we now start to enter into what we call the third phase. I have to say, though, that how many of us seem like we're stuck in phase two? Eh? Some days we're better than others, some days we win. Other days we get knocked around. Some days we get knocked down. God has a real simple answer in your race of faith. He didn't say that there wasn't going to be any trials or tribulations. He said, follow me. Get up. The promise of God is he's not going anywhere. The promise that the problem that we have in our daily walk is when we get knocked down, we step back. 
The problem that we have in our daily walk is when we get knocked down, we stay down. Go to Psalms 23. This is what David was saying about his relationship with God. Now, the key phrase that I want you to center on is, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The key phrase here is, I'm walking. I didn't stop. I didn't lay down. I didn't stay down. I'm walking. I continue to walk to the higher calling of Jesus Christ. I continue to walk towards the love and grace and mercy that has saved me. I continue to not be the defeated purpose that person that the devil says I am. Okay? That's the walk of faith. You have got to move towards God Almighty. Now, phase three. You're getting to be a disciple. You're believing in God more than you've ever believed Him. You're trusting in Him. Now and then, you even say words of life and affirmation. As Pastor would say, I have a real problem when I drive my car. Right? How many of us have that problem? Something in our lives just trickles As my wife says, that fires all my rockets. And I've learned to stay way away from them. And there's a happy house. Anyway, the fact is that as we become that disciple of Christ, we begin to enter into phase three. Now, phase three, remember phase two, was very personal. It's about us. It's about us changing, about us accepting a new way of living, about us and what we believed and what we held near and dear, about what we trusted. Phase three now says, now that you kind of got that down pat, what are you going to do with it? Are you just going to sit in a chair and have somebody talk to you? Or are you going to actually go and be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 9.24. You got it back there, Doug? We're going to do 24 and 25. Know ye that not... that they which run the race run all of them. Everybody in the race runs, right? Why be in the race if you're not going to run? But one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. Verse 25, Doug. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they that do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an uncorruptible. What does that mean? We all run the race. But now we're running it for the crown of glory. We ran a race of faith. We're becoming a disciple of Christ. Now our focus is changing. 
guess what? It's no longer just about me. It's no longer just about you or you, Paul, or anyone else. It now becomes about the body, about the souls that need to be one, ministered to. It's no longer about what I think. It's about God's will. The emulation of Jesus Christ is the fact that Jesus' sole purpose was to be here to do the will of the Father. That's what we should be striving to. Okay? If we do the will of the Father, then we have the ability than to accept and be in the body of Christ. How many of you know that each and every one of us is gifted in a certain way? Some of our gifts are fairly obvious, right? Like Paul, gift of music. Okay? He ministers in that. Bless you, by the way. Singing. Ryan, what's your gift? See, part of that walk of faith is we also come to the realization of what God has gifted us with. And we're all part of the body of Christ, right? There are many jobs and many functions within the body of Christ. Candace has a certain purpose in the, in the body. And it's more than drinking coffee. Okay? What we have to do as we enter in this final phase, we have to strive to be that disciple that wants to make a difference. We now start to focus on those around us. We now care more sometimes about others than we do about ourselves. Now, my question to you is, how many of you know God's will? Joe, do you know what God's will is? Ten words or less. <laughs> I, I got all kinds of answers. When God gave me this, I was going, yeah, the, the Great Commission. Go, go into the world. All right? And the Holy Spirit said, close. And I went, Close. This isn't horseshoes. i got to get it right. He takes me to what Jesus said. Jesus gave us two commandments. First one is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. The second is to love others. I would venture to say, folks, that unless we become that disciple of Christ, there's no way that we can fulfill either of those commandments. How many of us have ever found in our walk with God that we had this thing over here? And it wasn't in our relationship with God. We held it out. We didn't want to deal with it. Right? 
How many of us have had those moments in our lives when we had to surrender? Things that we've been carrying around for a long time. I would venture to guess that you cannot love the God of all creation until you get to a point where he's everything. And I would also venture that there's no way that you can love others until you do the same. Because the Bible's pretty clear. It says, love on your enemies. Pray for them. The very people that we may detest, that we don't like, that we don't want to associate with, God's telling us that we should pray for them. We should care for them. So how do we come close to fulfilling either one of those commandments if our walk of faith doesn't produce a disciple that is rooted in God's word and love? Hmm? But if you are, then guess what? There is a provision for you. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. 4 through 11. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11. We're not going to read them all. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's only one Spirit of God. And we're all different, and we all have a function, and we have all have a calling. Go ahead, Doug. There are differences of administration, but the same Lord. Just keep rolling. And there are diverses, diversities of operation, but it is the same God that worketh in all. Are you getting the drift here? The body of Christ has many different things that need to happen. Keep going until I tell you to stop. Eight. Nine. Back up. I think I missed it. But it begins in verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Okay? Now what we're seeing here, like in Galatians 5, we had the fruits of the Spirit, right? That we're supposed to walk in. That are supposed to be evident in our lives. Now that we're disciples, guess what we get to tap into? The gifts of the Spirit. And what's the purpose? To edify and build up people. So that we can see the anointing and power of God in our lives and in our church. Okay? It's not about us anymore, remember? It's about the body. It's about the... Another, the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Please continue. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Continue. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, a diverse kind of tongues. And to another, interpretation of tongues. Unless you've missed it, 
There are nine fruits of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. The number nine in the Bible means divine completion, finality. What God has provided for us in our walk of faith in phase two was the fruits of the Spirit. Then to help us to be who he has called us to be in the body, he now gives us nine gifts of the Spirit that we can tap into as he pleases. I don't know about you, but I'd like to have a couple of those. I'd like to have great faith. I'd like to have wisdom beyond measure. I would like to be able to heal people. How many of you know somebody that needs healing? It'd be great if we saw that. Well, those are the three phases. Salvation, the walk of faith, and the race for a crown. Depending on where we're at, we're building towards one or the other, right? One leads to another. And I'm going to go back to the point very quickly. How many of us, if you were truthful, this time you don't need to raise your hand. How many of us would say, I'm stuck in phase two? Remember, if you're stuck, there's some keys. Walk in the Spirit. Walk towards God, not away from Him. Seize the very blessings that He's offered you. Love, joy, peace. How many of you have got enough joy in your life? Are you a happy group? How many of you are at peace? It's all good. Like Paul said, I've learned to be content in all things. The keys are operate in the Spirit. Seek the fruits of the Spirit in your life. And as you do that, what you'll find is your trust and belief in God is going to transform you into that disciple of Christ that then has a very personal testimony that can be used by the body of Christ to do exactly what God has called you to do. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, today. I thank you, Father God, that your hand is upon us. We give you glory, Father God, that your word says that you will never forsake us nor desert us. We thank you for the gift of the Spirit that lives within us. We praise you, Father God, that the fruits of the Spirit are available to us. And I thank you, Father God, that your gifts are also available to us. And I just praise you and thank you, Father God, that this word did not fall on deaf ears. Our run, our race is a very real struggle. It happens every day. Help us, Lord, to put off the things of the world and take up our cross and follow you. 
I just praise you and thank you, Lord. Now, with every eye closed, I'm going to ask a simple question. How many of you here today would say, I'm probably stuck in phase two? And if you're stuck, that you're now going to seek the fruits, the Spirit of God to help you in your daily struggle. How many of you here would commit to the fact that you're going to move closer to God, not away from Him? That you're going to trust more in Him and His Word than the things of the world? And that He's going to become as real to you as anything that you treasure in this world. I just ask today that if you're going to recommit to that kind of walk, then just spend a moment with God right now. And tell Him that you need Him to be there. That you need His strength, His peace, His joy, His love. And if you ask for it, the God I know, the God that I serve, will give you the desire of your heart. Just praise you and thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. And we pray all of this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You are dismissed.